another episode of the Coaster 101 podcast. I'm Andrew Stillwell, and I've broken out of my car on the Texas highway uh, from last week's episode to record a new episode this week. And I brought back up uh, joining me this week from the Coaster 101 team is Shane Joseph. Shane, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Andrew. Pretty good. And then Shane has also brought his own backup. Uh, he's got his buddy Colin with him. Colin is all clear coasters on Instagram. Colin, welcome to the Coaster 101 podcast. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, this week's episode, if you've not read the episode description, which seems to me that would be the first thing you should do when learning about this episode, uh, we're going to talk about Shane and Colin's recent trip to Kings Island. And it's a park that I've visited a number of times, uh, most recently last year during Coaster Stock. But for Shane, he got the opportunity to experience or experience Kings Island in a way I would love to do again, but it's physically impossible to do so. Uh, he was there as a first time visitor. Yeah. And so the first question I've got for you, Shane, it's a very just overarching question. First opinions of Kings Island. What'd you think? Uh, well, I think it is pretty good. Uh, I think we both came away with the trip saying that in our opinion, Kings Island is the best regional theme park that we have been to. Uh, and the more I've thought about it, I definitely agree. Uh, just overall, the park is run really well. It's clean and they have a really great, uh, collection of rides, food stores, pretty much everything you want. Uh, Kings Island is doing it like a hundred percent. So I, I was very, very impressed. I love it. And Colin, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show. It was not your first visit. Uh, you kind of were able to uh, play tour guide a little bit for Shane, but you had visited the park before. Yeah. Yeah. Just once last year uh, for like a day and a half um, in a big trip. So it sort of was kind of get in, get the credits, enjoy it a little bit. But I, you know, I've been jumping from park to park, so I didn't remembered as much as I maybe thought I had. And I mean, this trip gave me all kinds of new perspective on, on it. So yeah, it was, it was good. Love it. Get in, grab the credits, get out. You're my type of guy. I like it. So um, Shane, you've taken, you've taken some notes here and I think we'll dive into those eventually. Uh, you know, the formatting didn't really carry over and it's just kind of like a word jumble. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're thinking of Kings Island. Obviously, they have a very, very diverse and impressive coaster lineup. I believe, uh, depending on which marketing campaign you read, they market themselves as the wooden coaster capital of the world. Yeah, uh, they have some of the greatest wooden coasters between the racer and the beast and Mystic Timbers. Um, what do you th what do you think of their wooden coasters? Let's start there. Um you know, obviously there's been some track work and repainting of the racer in recent years. Uh, they've added two feet to the beast. Um, but you, again, first time visitor, what were your thoughts on those wooden coasters and just pick one to start and then just kind of make your way down the line? Yeah. Uh, so I'll start with the one that ended up being my favorite, which is Mystic Timbers. Uh, it was really I mean, I, I was just not expecting to like this ride as much as I did. Uh it was I had never really had anything to compare it to because I never really ridden anything with the type of layout and the type of elements that are sort of in the newer wooden coaster kind of class. Um, but I was just so impressed by number one, how fast it was. 
Um, I couldn't believe that. I mean, the first half of the layout is absolutely flying. Uh, it feels like it's over in like five seconds. Um, and then also the airtime. The airtime is some really great ejector airtime. Uh, there's like some like almost standing up level moments of just thrown out of your seat, especially on the first drop. Uh, and a couple of those hops over the uh, the water ride, which is great because you get the nice uh, smell of the of the raft rides coming in, which is actually kind of nice. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, really impressed, really really impressed with Mystic Timbers. Yeah, and Colin, are you? What's your? Again, you've got some enthusiast cred here. You're your credit smash and grabber, which we we appreciate here. <laughs> but um, you know, what are your what are your thoughts on Mystic Timbers? You a wood coaster guy? You a steel coaster guy? What were your thoughts when you wrote it, and did it kind of live up to those expectations? Assuming you wrote it la- during your visit last year, I think I think Shane can attest to the fact that I like severely underplayed how good it was. Like I I don't remember it being um, as good as it was, and I think I've always sort of sat in the middle between like being a steel and a wood kind of guy. Um, I think there's such like there's a way bigger margin of really good steel coasters, and I think you have to find your sort of type of wooden coaster because obviously Kings Island, like there's so many different like classes of wooden coaster. Uh, and I think I, f- I just forgot what speed felt like on a wooden coaster. I think that's what did it for me. Um, and the relentless pacing and it sort of does the same thing that, that voyage does um, where you get to the end, you get that helix, the turnaround in the tunnel um, and you, you're not going that fast. And, by the time you're back down to the river, going up into the into the shed, you're flying again because the the terrain's just like uneven, and that's I think that's really cool. So I didn't there was a lot I didn't account for, and uh, yeah, amazing airtime, great ride. I, I think yeah, it's definitely the best wooden coaster there. But yeah. front um, front row front row seat too, which I um, was not expecting. And they're both the back and the front are both like different in really good ways. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do remember. Um, that was a new coaster for me last year during my visit to coaster stock. I hadn't been since it opened and it was so good, you know, from that big sweeping curved first drop, uh, the elements down there that you kind of like the, the trick track a little bit with the, yeah. uh, open oh, yeah. water and obviously the shed, <laughs> you can, we can say what we want to about the shed. I don't know if we've quite reached the like okay spoilers are over territory because you know i mean three four years i think five years yeah yeah Yeah. we're we're still talking about like for bolton's secret element inside (laughs) the building too but that's you know i think which is which is what i thought the shed was by the way yeah when when the rumor mill was going around (laughs) i think i think the shed is it's fun it's a good way to kind of sit in the break run a little bit um depending on the the effects you get and all that it's it's fun i just i think I, it's fine i mean what do you want it's either that or sit in the sun on the break run like yeah. what right. do you what do you want i mean yeah they hyped it up a little too much but at this point that's kind of behind us and i think that it's it's pretty cool because they didn't have to do that and they did and that's what matters that's the king's island difference i, I think if i looked at it right if we looked at it and they never hyped it up an opening day people get on this ride you know uh we're going to the transfer track you know, I think people would have been wowed. You know, you yeah. look at the response that Copperhead's theming got, which is, I think, pales in comparison. And you know, I think it's an amazing little thing. And I, I, I think, you know, the the marketing didn't hit the GP as much as it did to us. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think they probably like it a lot. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 
And uh, what about the uh, the Beast and the Racer? I know uh, Shane, Nick on our team, he recently visited uh, Kings Island, you know, a week or so before you did. Yeah. And he got rides on the Racer and he was just raving mad about it. He was super happy, said it was super good. And I remember it was it was fairly smooth last year. And obviously, Gravity Group has done some more work on the track this offseason. But mm-hmm. um, as someone who had never ridden the racer before, what you think? So, yeah, we'll get to the beast in a minute. But for the racer, um, it's awesome. It's really great. Uh, the red side, at least. The the blue side, I don't know if the retracking didn't didn't make it over there yet. It's or- not done yet. Okay, so that's the reason. And I also think we rode on a wheel seat. But in the red side, on a non-wheel seat, um, it's a really great ride. It's fast. It's very smooth. There's like only one or two rough patches, but they're not even that bad for an older wooden coaster. And the airtime still holds up. It's really great. And, of course, you know, the racing part of it is is really cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I had pretty much no expectations going in, almost to the point where I forgot it was even at the park. Um, and then I just came away really liking it and just being impressed by it. The new paint looks great too. They kind of painted the, the, uh, the kind of outside of the rails a little bit. So it's nicer than just all white. Um, but yeah, I, I was very impressed and I was a fan. Okay. Yeah. You don't, don't talk about any, say any negative things about the racer because Don Helbig, who's got the world record for rides on the racer does listen to this show. Yeah, that's true. You know, he said good things about it. I, you know, I love it. I think that it says a lot when a park pours a lot into their, you know, classic wooden coasters as opposed to demolishes them for a water park. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. He said said while holding his piece of thunder road. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Not, not that I just was able to pull it off my desk for any real, yeah. real reason. Yeah. But, you know. No, it is I, awesome I, I really liked it. I thought it was yeah. great. I think it's a really great addition. To, I mean, not really addition because it's been there for a while. But I think it's a great coaster. Fits really well into the lineup. And it's pretty much enjoyable for everybody. Yes, it really is. But we're going to actually get to something on your notes right now. Uh, you did the coaster enthusiast thing to do you guys both did presumably uh you yeah got a ni- you got a night ride on the beast and, yes we did and colin i'll start with you here because you presumably rode the beast last year uh you've gotten you have a year's difference and a lot of track work has been done do you think the track work on the beast was uh noticeable at all i mean was it significantly smoother was it what was the what was the major difference here I think I think I I only got two rides on it last year, but I remember at least riding in row seventeen for for one of them, and one my first ride ever was at night, much like Shane's was, uh, and I I think I think it's definitely noticeable. I mean, in a wheel seat, we're looking at something that's as smooth as Mystic Timbers, which is really remarkable if you think about what the ride is, how long it is, how old it is, uh, but it's like. It hasn't lost anything. And I think we've heard a few people say it's too smooth. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think it's not, not if you're sitting has, on a if you're sitting on a wheel seat, you'll get the you'll get a little roughness. But if you're not sitting on a wheel seat, right. uh, there's there's nothing to complain about. And what they didn't touch was the the profiling really and the just the, yeah. the things that make it what we love. And I, I I think the track work was amazing. I mean I I love the ride. And I think we we both couldn't really rank it very well on our <laughs> It's really hard. It's hard to rank. It is, it's it's as good as it gets for enthusiasts for 
for many reasons and it's so historic and i feel like i feel like it's just so special that you can't really compare it to something that was just you know like Orion that was just yeah was amazing but it just kind of went up very easily and the people that have poured their life into you know keeping it running well and the people who have written it so much and it's amazing yeah yeah and Shane did it as a coaster enthusiast again it's one of those like almost like a pilgrimage of sorts to get a beast oh yeah beast night ride did it live up to the hype Oh yeah. I mean, there, there is nothing else in the world like it. Um, we were in the back row too. Uh, so we were just getting absolutely whipped over everything. I, especially with being so unfamiliar with the layout, I had absolutely no idea what was coming. I think I only wrote it once in the day before we did the night ride. So I just had no idea what I was in for. Um, and, and it's just, I mean, there is no experience like that in the world pretty much. Uh, you're complete, complete darkness. The only lights are the really bright ones on the lift hill. And once you get by those, uh, it is nuts. But I think my, my kind of hot take about it is that I prefer a day ride on it. Um, you know, of course I love it at night because it's a wild experience, but I think just for enjoyment and kind of the appreciation of what it is, I liked it in the day just cause you can kind of brace a little bit for things and also, uh, just kind of admire like what it looks like and how it was built. Um, I think one of my favorite elements just coming out of the trip in general is that second, the second drop into the uh, off the second lift hill where you're literally at like a 45 degree angle. I mean, that's ridiculous. That is, it, it's just, it's wacky and unique. And I think that's a lot of where the charm comes from for this ride, apart from being smooth and apart from being fast and great airtime and great laterals, just, just the fact that it exists sort of, uh, in the way that it does really, really impressed me. And yeah, it's hard to rank, but uh, I just was so impressed with the architecture and everything that went into actually making this real. Yes. You're talking about that second drop that goes right into that, uh, helix tunnel right yeah. yeah 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 that's i remember that the first time i wrote it and i don't think i've ever been so like unexpectedly jolted out of my seat and i <laughs> yeah i'm sure the track work has made that maybe a little bit smoother i know no. yeah i didn't notice any very very smooth right there. there good deal i can't wait to get back up there then that's gonna be that's awesome I, shane i think we're gonna have to do an episode of the podcast in the future that's like shane's hot takes because it's it's between this and your like your take that you prefer the Navi River journey to uh, flight of passage or whatever it is. I didn't say that. I didn't say yeah. that. Oh. No, I didn't say that. I said I like it. We were going to do a debate episode about the the writers who like it and the writers who don't like it. All right, so it's going to be seven on one. Got it. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll take it over like Grand Fiesta tour, Living with the Land. I, we can, I talk can about join that. and make that too. I like it. I like okay. that. I like Navi. It's River. great. Yeah. Anyway. Not, anyway, not, all right, that, not, that's a new episode. That's a new episode. It is. It is. It's, uh, not a, not talking Disney. We're talking yeah, yeah. The, the Disney World of Mason, Ohio, Kings Island. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But on the subject of night rides, uh, you've got something here in your notes that I thought was a kind of like a coaster stock exclusive thing that happened. Um, but you got a lights on ride at Flight of Fear, which apparently they do for the last ride of the night every night. I did not know this, but yeah. um, did you ride it in the dark as well? 
Yeah, so we wrote it in the dark uh, in the morning, and then for the last ride of the night, we wrote it so that they would put the lights on. And I don't know if it's every time. I know that like sometimes they put it to a vote. Like they ask the people on the train, like if they want it to be lights on or lights off. Um, it also we, seems we, that you could just sort of quietly ask whoever's, you know, working. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if we hadn't asked if it would have happened, but um, yeah, okay. yeah, it was awesome. Well, yeah, that was one thing I skipped during coaster stock last year. So, what was the experience like? Lights on on uh, Flight of Fear. Um, I mean, it, it was obviously different. Um, and I, I just thought it was kind of cool to see, um, like the, how close it got to the ground. Cause that's, I think something that's pretty thrilling, but you don't get that obviously when the lights are off. Um, and that was really neat to just see how big this thing actually is. Cause when you're looking at it from the outside and you see the box, I mean, it's, it's huge. Um, but when you're in there in the dark, it's kind of hard to gauge exactly how high off the ground you are and the lights off ride sort of makes you uh realize a little more of what's actually going on because it's a lot of like flips and quick turns and things that are kind of hard to map out having just seen in the dark so it was pretty cool to get to see that with the lights on yeah at the same time i don't think it was any less disorienting like just because no it's it's just a crazy layout um and it amazes me like halfway through the ride you're like still at the very top of the building and it's like it's amazing how, how it all fits together really. And I think what you realize with the lights on is how close you get to supports and that's, it's just a, it's a cool thing. And they turned the lights on like halfway yeah. down the launch tunnel, which was super cool. Like we thought right, we were going right. in and then the lights came on and it was, you know, that yeah, was cool. It was so cool. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. Well, we're, we're kind of segueing here a little bit. Obviously we've talked wooden coasters. We've talked indoor coasters. Let's talk steel coasters. Were there any, was there anything that kind of stood out to you other than the obvious uh, trifecta of B and M's of Orion Banshee and Diamondback? Anything else um, that kind of really stood out to you or what did you think of those three? I mean, yeah, I, those three, I mean, it is the three steel coasters at this park. Um, they're all great. Um, I don't even know where to really start. I guess we'll just start with Orion. Orion, yeah. yeah. And it was, um, it's awesome. I mean, yeah. what what else? What else is there to say? Really, it's a B and M Giga. Um, I mean, depending on who you ask, but it is, <laughs> it is, it is in my mind a B and M Giga, and in the park's mind, and in anyone with the brain's mind. And the thing about it is, uh, just the elements on this ride. I mean, when you think B and M Giga, usually you think big, you know, sweeping hills, which is true. But also, this ride has some really unique things with the uh, the Great Helix uh, and the I don't know what we've been to be. We I haven't come up with a name for it. Yeah, it, it's it's the Candemonium. It's the Candemonium thing where the train kind of goes sideways. I'm sure there's a name for it. Whatever that element is, too, is great. Um, and just all around the kind of vibe of being in line and then and then getting to the station. And I mean, the, the crew is like the best crew yeah just moving so quick i mean maybe it was because a weekday but i chalk it up to the crew where there was never a line that was more than 15 or 20 minutes if that if that i mean we walked on more times than not yeah they were they were dispatching you know before the train was on the brakes i mean it it was it was incredible it's not that long of a layout so that's impressive right yeah 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 
and I mean that theming, the theming in the queue is super impressive. It obviously you go well, back to the yeah end. we that was closed, so we didn't get to see that because uh-huh. that's made into a fast pass thing now, and also the line was so short that uh, you literally it just you went in the queue and right up the stairs. But uh, we did go through there once. Once, um, yeah, it's it, a story yeah. for another day. Yeah, we walked through there. Uh, one time just so we could look at anything and it is really impressive all the work awesome. that they put into that uh, they have their own little video too and they, they've got yeah. a bunch of easter eggs as the, in an article on Coaster 101 maybe multiple I think at this point there's a lot uh, in there to kind of digest if you're an enthusiast so uh, just I mean again it's the King's Island thing of they, they just kind of went the extra mile with this and uh, it shows yeah and uh, Shane, you beat me to it, but yeah, there is a great article on the website, the Easter eggs of um, Orion and the, uh, what is it, X, what, it's not X-Base anymore. Area 72. Uh, Area 72. Yeah. Thank you so much. So yeah, go uh, check that out, coaster101.com. Um, but Shane, one of the things you guys wanted to talk about is the age-old, not really age-old, it's really fairly a new debate, but why people prefer Diamondback over Orion or vice versa. And Colin, so, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing your face just like the steam is coming from your ears. Right yeah, now. yeah. I think you know what you're getting with a B&M. Get- well, to some degree, you know what you're getting, right? You're going to get some speed. It's going to run well. And, I mean, Orion does run better. I mean, later, our later afternoon night rides were slightly faster, but not like it would have ruined our, our morning rides. And I think – I think maybe the one consensus that we both agree on from our all of our Diamondback rides, which chalks up to maybe five or six, is that it never really runs this like it, it's a very fickle ride. Like yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, it's hard to get it and know what the experience is. Um, and I think I think it comes down to people are looking for different things, right? Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, and again, Diamondback I think was was sort of the. F- I correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the first B&M hypers that really like left an impression of people saying like this, this is awesome. Like, and I think that that's, you know, again with Orion, there's a couple B&M gigas out there before it opened. So I think there was kind of an expectation with that, but I just, I can't see it. I can't see a world where someone would prefer Diamondback unless they got a ridiculously intense ride or something. I mean, we got some pretty unique rides on Diamondback. Like some were slow, some were faster, some were filled with airtime. Uh, yeah. So maybe, maybe if they got like a, a great ride once or something and that stuck with them. But I just can't imagine riding them both on the same day and coming out saying that Diamondback is better. Is there a little bit of maybe some Coaster Enthusiast classic like, you know, they were there first. They rode Diamondback, or like I they're just saying so. it, or they're just saying it to say it. But I mean, I respect. I mean, I don't really respect it, but I, it's a good <laughs> ride. It's a great ride as well. I mean, yeah. you can't really, you can't fault it. And I think, I think they did a potentially an even better job than maybe Carowinds did as far as making sure that the two rides were differentiated. I think they offer crazy different ride experiences. Yeah, um, yeah. and I think that's a really important when you have two of the same looking rides in one park. Yeah. And I think, you know, Colin, to your point about enthusiast, I think there's, there's still a lot of unnecessary hate that's just thrown towards Orion. And it's like for a while it was, 
you know, the the thing to kind of hate on Orion, probably very much undeservedly, again, haven't ridden it yet, um, working on it. The thighs are slowly shrinking, so we will eventually fit back in those clamshell restraints. But I think it is one of those things where, you know, it was cool to hate Orion, so it's like you've got this thing at the park that is does some similar things. They're di- very different. They're similar, yeah. but they're very different at the same time. Obviously, Diamondback has those longer trains with the unique two and two configuration yep. for each row. And um, I don't know. I think here's the thing about roller coasters and which roller coaster is better than another roller coaster. Everybody, A, has their own opinions, but B, you're talking about roller coasters. Go out and have a good time. And just enjoy yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, it's just the way, you know, again. You know, maybe people like looking at that water break, the water kind of flare at the very end for Diamondback. It is very pretty. Makes for good. It is really, yeah. I mean, that's that's a great end to the ride, but doesn't make it doesn't make it a better coaster. But yeah, I agree. Either way, who cares? Exactly. But let's talk. I want to talk Banshee because Banshee is to me a sleeper hit at this park that is filled with hits. Oh Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's definitely. In my opinion, this again, my own hot take here. I think it's the best B and M invert ever, and that's better. Than we agree with you. We that yeah, is... we we agree. It, it took okay. a couple rides to kind of unseat Montu and Talon for me, but just and... at the end of the day, I mean, it it's awesome. It's a completely different kind of B and M invert too, which I think might throw people off. Uh, it's a lot more intense. Uh, the elements are kind of in different order, and they're a lot bigger as opposed to a lot of the the quicker i mean if you look at like the batman clones or something uh part of the intensity there is that the elements are so small that you kind of whip through them that's not the case on banshee um and i think that that maybe is too much for some people to adjust to but you know after a couple rides on it i mean it, it it's pretty clear that uh this is one of the best works if not the best from a b&m invert yeah and i think the thing that uh, you hear people say, well, people complain about their strains, but I think that's, you know, to each their own kind of thing. I love um, it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan personally. But um, you get – you you look at the wing coasters, specifically like Wild Eagle and Gatekeeper where there's just huge elements spread out with little in between. And if you look at Banshee from an overhead, that is sort of what it is. Um, but how ridiculously intense it is for how big it is. Um, I mean even just the drop itself – is is crazy compared to invert drops because you're just like there's this weird feeling in the front where you're sort of going down it and you feel like you're accelerating completely um like you're going way too fast for how you should be going and the valleys are intense and um there's a really fun moment uh after the second vertical loop going into the inline twist uh where your blood rushes to your feet or yeah yeah so i mean there's just it's got everything. Um, and it's, I think for me, it's cause it's just so different than the old school ones. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That inline twist, that kind of stall at the very end. I think that is my, my favorite element on that coaster. It's crazy. It's and so it picks back up after. Exactly. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like that other than like a Jojo roll, but this is totally different because you're on, I mean, you're, you're inverted and you're doing this. Like it's, it's wild. It's wild. Just, yeah, it's so, it's so cool. Yes. And I've got, you know, in my opinion, I don't think you can have a conversation about the coasters at Kings Island without talking about two of my personal favorite coasters just for kitsch value. Uh, 
Adventure Express. Tell me you guys rode this and enjoyed it, please. Because if you okay. don't, we're going to end the podcast right now, and I'm never going to talk to either of you ever. So again. let me let me let me start with this. Oh God, <laughs> my, <laughs> mine trains mine trains have always always been at the bottom of my list for two reasons. One, because I'm tall and my knees hit the seat in front of me, and that's not fun. And also because you know they're they're arrowed, they're janky. So I did not have high expectations going into Adventure Express. Uh, however, when I sat in that seat and realized that it was comfortable, uh, I could actually enjoy it. And it's such a fun ride. Uh, it's great. I mean, um, you know, the, the, I think the standout, if we even want to call it that moment of the ride is the the last lift hill where it's like, (laughs) I, I kind of compared it to journey to Atlantis a little bit. It just reminded me of that where, um, yeah, there, you know, there's these lights and these animatronics and you're going up. Yeah, exactly. And you're going up towards this big, like this big head thing. Uh, and then nothing happens, which is one of the funniest things ever to see people in front of you with their hands up, just slowly lower them back down as you pull into the brake run. Uh, cause they're expecting a drop. Uh, yeah, it's silly, but I, I don't know. I, I thought it was good, especially cause my expectations were like on the floor. I think I think for me, there's two really cool things about it, and this is kind of a. I think it's a good ride. I don't think it rides way different than other mine trains, but the profiling's janky, and the, you know, it's it, it is what it is. I think the theming's cool too, uh, but you get this huge ride. It takes up a lot of room. Yeah, and when you're out there, it really feels like you're out there. But you have these amazing views of uh, the like the box of flight of fear and Banshee. And you're sort of down in that valley, yet you can't see it from anywhere in the park. It's like. It's right, you know, sort of. I think that's awesome. I think it's even from the queue in the station, you can see nothing of the ride, and that's that's something. Um, also, it has its own like station music, which is very uh, yeah. quiet. But if you listen out, it'll uh, put you in the mood for an adventure, and that's fun. Uh, so, it's one of two rides that has station music. Uh, if we want yeah. to get there in a minute, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. All right, and then Shane, in your notes here. You have um, the long ride to ride the bat. And the, <laughs> to that, I say, suck it up. Uh, okay. So <laughs> here we here's disagree the, on this. Yeah. 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 Um, me, we, we are not fans uh, no, of no. the bat. Even, you know, recent, recent incident aside, um, <laughs> it's just, it, it's kind of a nothing. It's kind of a nothing, right? Um, it's, it doesn't really do anything. Um, the swinging is okay. I like Ninja at Magic Mountain. That's the only other swinging coaster I've been on. I thought that was fun because it was fast and low to the ground. Uh, the bat's not really like that. The first drop is okay. And then after that, you're just kind of being thrown side to side. I mean, you can see it. We saw this. I said it feels like there's like two inches between the uh, side wheels and the track. And there is. And there is. Because when you get to the brake run, the uh, the side wheels are just spinning still. And they're, they're not even on the track. Or so. if you're going up the lift hill, you can look and the side wheels are not moving. Yeah. Which is concerning somewhat. But yeah. 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 I mean, the, the ride looks sketchy. The way up the lift hill is slow and, and is also a little bit sketchy when you get to the top. Um and I think the best thing about the bat is that it's on a huge plot of land. So I think we're going to get something pretty good in a couple of years. Um, but yeah, that's uh, and then I mean the long walk just adds insult to injury. I mean, and it's not even like a straight long walk. You're going no. up and downstairs. There's stairs. There, there's tunnels. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. 
and it, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, I think people vote with their feet too. I mean, how many people did we ever see? Oh, in oh that station? No, nobody. Yeah. There, yeah. there was uh, never any line at all. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You, what do you like about it? Andrew? It's, a sad ride. Your head. it's a very sad ride. I, I, I love the nostalgia of those arrow swinging coasters. I think it's, it's a dying, dying breed, which we're fortunate to still have in existence today. <laughs> Obviously I loved big bad wolf at Busch gardens, Williamsburg, uh, which I think closed probably before both of you guys were born. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, well, I mean, also it's not even the original bat, so I feel like the nostalgia isn't even really there. Yeah, and the station does not look remotely like none of it's nostalgic for me. I, I don't know, maybe the trains. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, we can we can agree to disagree. It's fine. Yeah, not, you don't have to share every opinion I have. <laughs> but I, uh, oh, man, Colin, we were doing so well. I liked you a lot, and now <laughs> okay, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm I'm only kidding. Um, I want to talk about something that Kings Island has brought back for their 50th anniversary, uh, which is a new stage show, uh, based on the former phantom theater attraction and Yeah, out, outside of a little bit on the, you know, the Kings Island blog or, you know, social media. I haven't seen very much about this phantom theater show. You guys are, um, like, uh, uh, uh-oh. yeah, uh, uh yeah. What are, what are the thoughts here? Look, uh, I, I don't want to look, I want to, I, I want to be nice. So huge shout out to the cast. Oh yeah. I mean, the performers, um, the yeah. performers were great. I, I think it's really cool that they're, you know, paying homage to an original attraction that was there. Um, and people seem to like it. Like we, we were looking, people online were, were really liking that this was something that they, it took the effort. They did to, a great job with the with the inside. I don't know if you call it the queue, just like the lobby, of the theater. Yeah, yeah, um, awesome. Like, like the model of the ride, like from like sort of a three D model in a glass thing. Um, and it turns out, like that is the model that they used when they were also like building the ride. So it's not yeah. even just like a new thing. So I think, yeah, I I it was my idea that maybe we should see the show just because we're both sort of musical theater fans and um, we were there for enough time. So we, we had time. Um, but you know, yeah. Wanna... Um, <laughs> I, I, it's it, uh, the theme park audience is a tough audience. Uh, at That's a park, way to put it. Especially when, like when we went, the theater was like, if that half full. Um, so I, I think that the, the writing of the show left something to be desired a little bit um, it's poor it's poor it's yeah it's but look there's there's people that really like it um and i think some of the the talents that were in the show were really cool to see um again i think everyone the, the cast did a really good job um and there was definitely some memorable moments but uh yeah Maybe for the wrong reasons but yeah <laughs> yeah i think if, i'll say this though if you because it's also i mean we're looking at it from I have no idea what the original attraction was. So right, right. that's, that's hard for, for me to kind of see. But I also think, you know, most of the audience has no idea what the original attraction is. And especially, you know, kids don't know. So I think it's a really neat idea and there's some good talent on display in the show, but yeah. I mean, maybe Overall, this is, maybe it's a sort of a, this is for like a later episode or speculation or something, but I mean, 
the question is clearly there was enough demand from fans and reading comments. It seems like there was um, to have, uh, you know, to have something to do with this returning to the park. Yeah. And they, they spent money on this uh, show. But yeah. We're thinking they have a, a dark ride that is the same ride that is poorly themed to ghosts and things, you know, why, why not bring the ride back? I think, I think eventually we could see that. I think that's a very real possibility. Um, yeah. I think so too. Maybe this was a bit of a test run, but yeah, yeah, it's an interesting call. Co- it's a really unique Kings Island thing. And yeah, for sure. We were, we were glad to see it. We had some, some fun talking about it Definitely. afterwards. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's goofy. Um, I, I would say if you're a fan of the original ride or if you know about it, if you're like a Kings Island historian, definitely, you know, it's pretty short. So I would say it's worth it just to kind of see those characters on stage if that's something you're familiar with. However, I would say if you're going for one day and you're a coaster enthusiast, I really yeah, wouldn't waste time with it. It's, I, it's probably not worth it. Because that's the other thing. We were at the park for almost three days. So we had a lot of time to really, not just with this show, but like really ride things a lot and kind of come to a lot of conclusions about the park as a whole. Um, and I think I really appreciated that just being there for so long to really kind of get into the park and not just to be rushing to get on all the coasters. So uh, that was another yeah. thing about the trip that I, I thought was really great. Okay, cool. Were there any other attraction standouts for you guys? I know Colin, you just kind of hinted at, uh, our good buddy, scary Boosifer and the boo blasters <laughs> on boo hill. Um, but you know, they've got a, a good collection of flats. Um, but was there anything else that kind of stood out to you guys attraction wise? Well, we're, we're missing a coaster. Yeah. A huge. The, yeah. In my top five at the park easily. Yeah. Which, uh, what are we talking about here? We're talking about Invertigo. Absolutely. Um, oh, look, I think if you're sitting in row one or row 14. And you staple yourself. And, I mean, this ride is crazy intense. And it's, it's a it's lot really smoother. Smooth. It's a lot smoother than I was expecting it to be. I have a feeling that a lot of people don't really ride it or don't spend the time to think about riding. You know, riding yeah. the wrong row. People don't go there because oh it's a boomerang and let's get all the other credits and i think honestly and it's not like it's themed and it's not like it's well presented but it is a really intense ride and i think it's it was really inspired i would use the word inspiring to sit in one of those like slc trains on a a vacoma inverted boomerang and really actually enjoy it yeah yeah not only that it's like ridiculously intense so yeah awesome (laughs) i yeah i i was just i was very impressed and again we did ride in the middle row and it was you know it wasn't really that great but in one in one of those end rows um i think it's it's really fun and it's again super super intense those g-forces in that backwards loop uh are ridiculous so i would definitely don't don't skip this because i think a lot of people might be inclined to do that man this is with the, the takes, they're coming right now. Not, I so mean, not I don't only, even, I don't think this is that much of a hot take. I mean, if, if you're an enthusiast, like obviously boomerangs are terrible, but this isn't a regular boomerang. And we had a pretty terrible giant inverted boomerang at our home park of Six Flags New England. And I wrote it and didn't like right. it. So I was already hesitant about writing this in the first place. And I, I just, yeah, I came away really liking it. So that was a surprise. All right. Well, just 
for you guys, I if we if we count racer as two coasters like any good credit counting enthusiast would. Yeah, um, definitely. Fi- it's definitely two. It's definitely two. Yeah, there's 15 coasters at uh, Kings Island, and there are 13 I would rather ride uh, than in Vertigo. Oh and my! The, okay. Oh wow! That, the only uh, one the bat. Yeah, the oh. bat, absolutely. And, you're, and then, and the price, presumably, the other one's great pumpkin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which hey, yeah, I've got the credit, man. I, I, I know it. it's great. I, There's a really good rare. TikTok, really good TikTok. I don't know. I mean, coaster stock last year, but yeah, I think you need. To, I think you need to give it another chance. I think uh, so too. I think so too. Yeah, it's right. it's a it's a great ride, and that let's talk about like I don't know. It's not much. It's not much like younger than the bat. I think that's a gem to still have it apart. It's yeah, the only one left I in this agree. country. And it's presumably one of the best Vacomas in this country. So I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's cool. All right. Well, I'm getting ganged up on the podcast, I host. This is, <laughs> this is not a good thing. All right, all right. Well, all right. I also want to talk about right next to Invertigo. Um, where Oh, as, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. As an employee put it to us, and we kind of laughed at it, but the best airtime in the park, which turned out to be true. Absolutely true. On... I forget what is the name of it. Congo Falls. Yeah, there. The, Congo the, Falls. The shoot the shoot ride. That's right. Um, is essentially a, a, a big steep double down, and if you look at a video, any video, you'll see people literally standing up on that. On that, I mean, it's it's incredibly strong, uh, and it's a long lift hill to get there. But once you get up there. Uh, the ride is worth it, not only because it was 100 degrees when we were there, so we need to cool off, but also that that jolt of airtime is is and just ridiculous. Not only setting up, setting up for a very short time. Yeah. And yeah. at a weird angle, and then you're getting wet too. It's it's pretty crazy. I don't yeah. know. And and there's no restraint, which you know all right. the better. Yeah, there's no restraint. You're you're on a bench basically being thrown up. Uh, oh. So awesome. yeah, and also another one that I probably would have skipped, but I'm very glad I did. We rode it multiple times. Yeah, and no, no queue. I mean, no. again, nothing had a queue, but on a hot day, you yeah. would expect it to. So, yeah. wow. Yeah, you, trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, as far as rides that really stood out. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm looking at their uh, their website right now. Obviously, they've got uh, Drop Tower. Uh, they've got Viking Fury, the Swinging Ship. They've got Whitewater Canyon. They've got Windseeker. Um, oh yeah, we did do Windseeker. We did. We did Windseeker. Um, let's see. They've got uh, Delirium, the the Frisbee as well. Oh, we didn't do uh, that. And then the Kings Mills Antique Autos, the KI Miami we did, Valley. We did Railroad. do that. We did the antique cars. They were good. Yeah, they were. They were really good. That was one of the things at Coaster Stock last year. Uh, we piled, I think, four of us into one of those antique cars, and it was uh, it was struggling to uh, stay on. It was a long ride. It yeah. was for sure. Uh, but we had ERT, so you had to take advantage of the ERT. Yeah, exactly. Could, right. And guys, I want to talk one more thing, one more kind of a, attraction that Kings Island has as part of their 50th anniversary, which is their nightly fireworks show which it's got a very alliterative title that I can't remember. Fun Fireworks and 50, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Shane, you said on Twitter, and I, I'm paraphrasing here, that this is the best in-park fireworks display you've seen that is not at Disney. Correct. 
what is this based on? I mean, I don't know very much again about this show. I try to keep spoiler free on a lot of these things, but what made this show so great? Um, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. First of all, I think, uh, maybe even more so than other parks that are celebrating their 50th anniversary this year, Kings Island really leaned into their history and appreciating their history. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the, the narration that goes along with the show, I mean, it, it kind of starts at the beginning of the park um, and and goes from there. But I just think that everything about this show, I mean, it, it is a love letter to Kings Island and it is a love letter to Kings Island fans, I think, as well. And what the park means to the fans and ever, anyone visiting, too. Um, and then that that's just on, on the kind of storytelling level. But then on the actual technical level of what it is you have projections on the eiffel tower you have fireworks you have drones and then various pyrotechnics in the fountains and around international street as well as some projections on the street and lights that are timed with i mean just just lasers pointing right right right. down the middle of the fountains like yeah yeah it it is absolutely incredible a a, a pretty penny on this one yeah yeah and it's a hundred percent worth it because also the thing that the some of the things that they do with drones in this show is unbelievable i mean it it, is it's so impressive again i kind of i can't believe it's at a regional park it it's unreal the way that everything is timed and like certain sections of the show that go with different themes or, or different seasons and then the, and again, the interaction with the fountains and the music and the lights, it's its almost hard to describe unless you've seen it or in person because – Yeah, I mean they wrote like – I don't know if it was maybe one or two. I mean they, they wrote a whole original score for it and original yeah. songs. I mean it's the its the closest thing you'll see to something like Happily Ever After or – Oh, yeah. You no, know, Epcot Forever at, at any park really, not, not just regional parks. And they got Greg Brady to do the narration. That's yeah, right. they did. Yep. yep. So that's, I mean, that's awesome. I think there is, I saw somebody talking about this online and I think there's a multi-camera uh, video of this somewhere on YouTube. Yeah, there it's on the Kings Island YouTube channel. I will, uh, we'll link that in the show notes. And then as soon as I'm done editing this show, I'm going to go watch it for myself. I don't think I can wait to see this one any longer. I think um, the other the other huge thing it does is it just I mean a lot of people are talking about how Kings Island is just you know getting better and better, but what this does for your day, what it does for the park, it, it turns it into a, a a multifaceted experience. You know, oh yeah, it, it it's a crown on the experience. It leaves everybody with a great taste. You know, it's clearly very popular, and you know, I think it's a great great thing to have, um, and not something that every park can do. So, super you know, kudos to them. Awesome, that's great. Yeah. And then I want to wrap up just two more things. Um, Again, you guys were there for multiple days. So there you got to kind of take advantage of the culinary scene. And, uh, you know, executive chef James Major, he does a really, really good job. And that was something that they kind of hammered home to us uh, multiple times during Coaster Stock last year from the buffet meals just to the the culinary experience in the park. But uh, did you guys have any food favorites or anything that you guys should check out? Um, outside of blue ice cream, of course, because that, <laughs> yeah, you know, as a first timer, that's what you have to do. At Kings I was Island. gonna say, I got that twice. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the food we didn't, they had a lot of like options for the 50th specifically, like special 50th food. Um, I don't think we tried any of that, no, but 
the food that I did have, it was, again, it was a step above any regional park I've ever been to. Even like Bush Gardens and SeaWorld Parks, I feel like this yeah. food oh, yeah. was better than that. Um, the the brew house was where we went first yeah. um, in Rivertown. That was great. Um, I had a, a BBLT, which is like, uh, it says so much bacon, it needs two Bs. I'm looking at the menu right now. Uh, they use Texas toast uh, as well and like the sriracha mayonnaise. So again, another park would just put regular bread on it. But no, Kings Island goes to the next step and they put Texas toast on it. Um, it it's just, again, like you can tell that they put a lot of care and a lot of thought into their food. Uh, I tried Skyline Chili as well. Um not usually a chili guy, but I had to get it. Uh, loved that. It was great. A lot of food. Uh, but yeah, the portions are also very big at this park. Um, where else did we try? Uh, we went to the I Fest think, House. Yeah, Fest House. We did Coney Barbecue on the last night. Oh, yeah. That was great. They had like rotisserie chickens like cooking in the window. like, And they were unbelievable. I mean, the best I've ever had. And that's not exaggeration. Yeah. Uh, they offered us some free sides, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, they gave us a couple of stuff that they were like trying out um, that they were going to introduce on the menu. So that was again a nice touch there. And maybe maybe the one thing I mean, you touched on this a little bit with with the executive chef, but like I, I mean, and this is a huge thing all across the board at this park. But the food staff, I mean, normally the food staff are sort of at, at least at parks they seem like they're the most um, you know like they don't really you know love their jobs that much. And I think like even the food staff at this park are just you know, out of this world and going the extra mile to make your, your day. Um, and it shows in the food, it shows in the service. It's awesome. Yeah, nice. it was great. And then one final thing that you mentioned, Shane, and your notes specifically is the merchandise at Kings Island. And, you know, for a lot of parks, merch is a bit of an afterthought. You know, you've got some logoed shirts, the occasional nano coaster or other collectible. <laughs> um, yeah. But, what makes Kings Island's merch so great? Um, I think just, again, because of the thought they put in it. There's so much. I'm wearing an Orion shirt right now. There is so much merchandise for each of the rides. There's at least, I would say, three shirts, especially with Orion. There was probably like seven or eight. I mean, you have just regular shirts with the ride logo on it. Um, you have some that are a little more stylized, some that are really like specific to the theme it was like uh, i volunteered or whatever there was one of them that looked like uh they did it to look like a comic book cover almost like a 50s kind of retro uh outer space kind of thing and they had uh you know mugs with area 72 on it and and project x um they have like you said nano coasters they have the wooden cutouts they have the parkscapes a special 50th parkscapes one which uh, it was the one that I got where everything is blue and gold. Um, it just, again, it, they just went the extra mile with it. And I saw a lot of people in those stores too. There was peanut stuff. There was Kings Island specific stuff. I mean, really nice things for the 50th, like, uh, good sweatshirts and throw pillows and pennants. Uh, they have the made to thrill posters there too. Um, as well as on a bunch of the banners uh, and on the park entrance. So again, they they are so in tune with what the fans want and what their brand is that it completely shows in the merch. And I mean, I dare anybody to find another regional park. Um, that yeah, has no that way. Ma- no that way. Has that many merchandise locations. I mean, it just shows in how yeah. much. I mean, just International Street alone. I mean, probably five. 
yeah. you know, shops and most major rides have a shop. I mean, I think it's, that's awesome. Like you see parks like Hershey having two or three shops. I mean, that's, yeah. it's impressive. Uh, and you can tell that the fans eat it up too, which right. is, which is the goal really. And a lot of stuff specifically related to the park. Like they still, we were saying they have a ton of son of beast stuff. Like no other oh, park is doing that. They're yeah. not having Vortex, for Vortex. an infamous ride that fell over. Yeah, exactly. And they have like pens with wood in it from the beast, like just stuff like that, where no one else is doing what Kings Island is doing in a lot of ways. Um, and it shows in pretty much every single area of this park. Yeah. And I got to give a, a real quick, shout out i know this is you know not sponsored content but um king's island and also cedar point they've got a relationship with ohio-based um homage or homage or however you pronounce that shirt but they make some awesome like retro oh yeah yeah it was i almost bought that beast shirt which i which then you said you had i almost bought that one it's so cool um there's a couple of those uh yeah again they're just they're so good. They're so good at what they do. It's awesome when parks will partner with like brands, so you don't have like the giant uh, shirt with statistics and a to- <laughs> exactly. A to- That's what I said. That I don't want that. I don't want a big neon thing of Orion that says like you know three hundred feet, uh, however many miles of length of track. Like they have a couple of those things, but they're done in a really nice way. So yeah, again, they're they're just really in tune with what they should be doing. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to wrap this up, but uh, Colin, I'll start with your, you. Um, any final thoughts or any pieces of advice for anybody visiting Kings Island for their first time? Yeah. I mean, as far as I think we, like Shane touched on this a little bit, but we had the chance over a few days to like really just get a, I mean, I feel like get a feel for the park is a generic thing. We, we like didn't only get a feel for the park. We, we really felt what the park's impact on the surrounding yeah. area on roller coaster history on theme park trends i mean they are i th- we really think they're the underdogs i mean not that they don't get the love but they certainly get overlooked by cedar point i think at least in the coaster world well they have really they do everything better in my opinion except the coasters and even that you know it's not like you're missing out really um so i think it's such an important part. I mean, I said this a lot when we were there. It's just, it's so obvious that it's the fabric of, like it's part of the fabric of Cincinnati. I mean, it's so important to the area. You see the locals just um, coming in all the time. And so many pass holders, um, people with merch, uh, so many people just so enthusiastic about the park. And that that's not something you get anywhere else, really, um, you know, outside of the Disney parks. Um and I think it shows. I think we we talked a little about the staff, uh, and why and how what, how great they are and how enthusiastic they are. But you actually realize the reason why is that they've all grown up there with these rides. They're passionate about the people that you know. They're passionate about the memories that are being made there. And we had some awesome, awesome experiences and encounters with uh, the staff. A lot of the ride ops. Uh, you know, huge shout out to all of them. And I, you know, it's just, it's, it's a really cool place that's, you know, in, in a world where everything's being outpriced and, you know, all these parks are just having, you know, major problems. And I think it's awesome to see a place that's thriving. Um, and yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I don't think we said this so many times, we couldn't have picked a better park for a yeah. three day trip. And at first it sounded stupid to do a three day trip to Kings Island, but it was like, I mean, you know, I wouldn't want to do it anywhere else. So no, yeah. 
awesome park. I'd be back tomorrow if I could. So, yeah. I love it. Shane, final thoughts and any piece of advice for a first-time visitor? Uh, I echo everything that Colin said. As far as advice, uh, just keep in mind that during the fireworks, they closed Beast and Orion at, uh, well, the time is a little bit up in the air. They say 9.45, but uh, we had a couple that cut off before that. So you can get in line before that. They just won't start the ride again until about 1030, which was also cool because our Beast Night ride was at like 11 at night, which was great. Um, but yeah, just keep in mind that um, if you're trying to ride those rides, either get off them before 945 or if you're trying to get a night ride, um, just know that you're not going to see the fireworks if you get in line. Um, and they stop the rides because they fire off the fireworks near Orion and the drones near the Beast. Um so that's the reason they do that. And they have signs out front, but um, just as far as, you know, like you said, advice, that's what I would say. But again, with the park in general, I mean, it's the best staff, I think even better than Disney in a lot of areas with the staff, like because they care so much, uh, they really, you know, they, they know what they're doing and they know why they're doing it because they love it and they, they grew up loving it and they want you to love it too. And multiple of them said that too. Uh, like some of the food and beverage people were telling us uh, about their experience. And there's even, you never see this with regional parks. Kings Island has dorms that you can stay in if you want to uh, do an internship there or, or work there. Um, and, you know, again, that's something you only see really at Disney or, or Cedar Point has that too, I think. But with Kings Island, the customers, we had so many conversations with, um, you know, people in lines and uh you know people at restaurants and waiting to go in the front gate uh they even had one of their employees like hyping people up like one of the days that we were waiting to go in uh like he was literally like hyping up the crowd uh about each of the rides and it's just the the little things like that that go a really long way and with king's island there's so much of that so yeah i uh i just was so impressed and i can't wait to go back because just again, one of those things where you're standing on top of the, in the Eiffel tower there and just kind of looking out at everything. Um, and you can just see what, what a great place this is and what a meaningful place it is to so many people. Even someone like me who visited for the first time, you know, I, I can already come away, um, impacted and really understanding what makes the park so special. Yeah. And I, I think back to when we, talk to Evan Ponstingle, who I don't think is actually working at the park this season, but he wrote that book Kings. Island. Oh, we saw his book yeah, was in a couple of the yeah, stores. Yeah. yeah. So I remember talking to him, I uh, was on this podcast actually. Um, it just, and you could see it in him and he's like a college, like 18 year old kid. And you could see his passion for the park and how he was talking to all of these people for his book and their passion for the park. And, you know, and our interactions with people, be it, you know, chef major and coaster stock or people like Don, who I mentioned, or Kyle, who's in their digital marketing department or Chad, who's their comms guy. And I'm not just naming names just to name names, but any interaction I've ever had with anybody who works at Kings Island, their passion and their work just shines through more than pretty much any other park and any other person I've ever dealt with. Um, Definitely. 
And I mean, I know that starts at the top. Um, you know, Mike Kuntz, he spoke to us at Coaster Stock last year and he was super passionate. He's their general manager and vice president of the park. And, you know, he's been there. I don't even know how long he's been there, but the pride he takes in his work and the pride that, again, from the top all the way down to, you know, the hourly associates who are either working food service or lifeguards or ride ops or whatever, the pride that they take in that park. And it just speaks volumes as to why it has been such, such a success for the past 50 years and definitely will be probably for the next 50 more and then some. So, but yeah, that's, I just, I'm really glad you guys had a really good time at uh, Kings Island. Shane for your first visit and call it for your second, third and fourth visit. One, two, three. Yeah. That's how math works. Um, but you, you Colin, you did drop one little thing in the chat. So I'm going to give you, yeah. the, give you the floor here. You've got a shout out for one other person that you want to. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a general shout out to all the rides people, really. I mean, not even just the rides people, but we already t- said that basically. But yeah, uh, just to just to our friend Liam, who uh, works over at Mystic Timbers, he's a ride op there. You'll see him over there like most days. Um, but he's uh, he's been a good friend of mine for a few years. But he um, was our tour guide around the park a little bit um, and went way out of his way to make our visit awesome. And I mean, he does that for for everybody. Um, to, to make everybody's, you know, he goes out of his way for the guests and a perfect example of somebody who grew up um, there every year and getting into roller coasters and now sort of giving it back. But yeah, uh, yeah, he's an awesome guy. And um, if you see him, tell tell him, Colin and Shane say hi. So yeah. There you go. Well, Liam's boss, if you're listening, uh, give Liam a raise. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Coaster 101 podcast. Um, I know Shane will have some stuff on the website here in the coming days about his uh, trip to Kings Island. Um, I'm sure it's coming, but we've also got some other stuff. But again, Coaster101.com, type Kings Island up in that search bar. You will find any number of good, well-written, well-thought-out other things that I say because I wrote some of them articles, other compliments I'm going to pay myself, but coaster101.com for that. Uh, we're on all forms of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We are at Coaster101. Anywhere you can consume social media, so go give us a like and a follow and all of those other vernaculars there. Um, if you're listening, make sure you're liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing. Again, lots of verbs that you're supposed to do as it relates to Coaster101.com, but specifically the podcast. We love the five-star reviews on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, Leave us a review. Send us a tweet. Just tell us that you found the podcast by accident and now you listen to every episode. I think we are... This might be episode 99 or 100, so we will... Uh, wow, okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a, a real quick count on this, but if it was episode 100, happy 100 episodes to us. We'll yeah. Probably do a, uh, we'll do a big celebration for episode 101 just because that's our uh, that's our brand. And, that's know, our brand. It's our number. That's the way to do it. But um, Colin, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, of course. Anytime. All clear coasters on Instagram, so get, go give Colin a follow after you follow Coaster 101 everywhere. That's right. Um, Shane, appreciate your time as well. And, uh, glad of you, course. And glad you had a great time. Uh, but thanks yeah, as it was always. Great. Thanks as always to Justin Mabry of JM Music Design for our theme music. And you know, let's let's go back to Kings Island. JM Music Design they produced uh, Busker Jam at Kings Island last year. So it it all is circular. It all comes back together. Um, and like that's going to be a fun show. Man.